Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. This is a thundering light. Thundering. This is a thunder and lightning extra here. It is thundering. Is it down there? No, it's just this is a thundering edition of the Thunder and Lightning podcast. You're right. I'm Brian Haydad. That voice, as you know, is Michael Borky from Sports Talk Mississippi. Let's preview Mississippi State uh, versus Ole Miss round two here at the Humphrey Coliseum Wednesday night, 8 o'clock tip. Uh, A huge game for both teams. We talked about, me and Robbie talked about this on uh, Tuesday's Thunder and Lightning podcast. I'll get your take. Bigger game for State or Ole Miss? Um... There, there's more to be gained for Ole Miss if they win, but I don't think it's uh, like a must win. I was actually having this conversation with somebody this morning. They're like, hey, man, uh, tomorrow night's a must win for Ole Miss, right? And I said no because, I mean, the magic number, it appears, is 10. They've got Missouri and Georgia and A&M and South Carolina on the schedule. If they win those four games, they can lose to Mississippi State and lose to Alabama and probably still make the tournament. So, you know, losing tomorrow night is a missed opportunity, depending on how it looks anyway. Winning would really change the conversation uh, about Ole Miss. Mississippi State won't gain a whole lot from beating Ole Miss at home, I don't think, but they could lose some, uh, at least some standing, maybe get back on the actual bubble. As of today, they're not in the bubble. So bigger opportunity for Ole Miss, more to lose for State, if that makes sense. Yeah. So Ole Miss got a win. You know, this past Saturday, State got a win. They had to grind out to, against Arkansas. Ole Miss the same way uh, against Missouri. And then, you know, that's coming off. You know, State's on a three-game winning streak. Ole Miss snapped a losing streak uh, by by beating Missouri. Did you see, you know, did you see watching that game? Was that a situation where if they had been playing somebody other than Missouri, they would have been in real trouble? Or was that just they played poorly in the first half, but they figured it out in the second half? Oh, if they play like that against anybody else in the league, they lose. I mean, including Vanderbilt. Uh, it was, and and I don't like doing this because you you just you're you're not in the locker room and and you don't know what's going on. But it, it felt like the first half and the first few minutes of the second half were an effort issue because Ole Miss made some changes. They started uh, started attacking the basket, playing better defense. But you could see the energy shift for Ole Miss, and when they started playing sharper with more energy and effort, that's when they went on their run. The first half, there was a couple of things I pointed to after the game. There was a, a few closeouts on Missouri open threes that were just lazy. Uh, I mean, just no effort trying to close out on a shooter, and Missouri makes an open look because there wasn't any effort there. There was a turnover at the top of the key where the Ole Miss player that turned the ball over could have gotten back in transition and made a play, and he just chose not to, just kind of half it's a podcast, half-assed ran down to the other end of the court and didn't make any effort to try to um, make up for his lazy, bad pass. And and that kind of stuff, I thought, plagued them in the first half and early in the second half. And when they decided to snap out of it and lock in, they, they ended up winning the game. But yeah, they played poorly. They didn't attack the basket in the first half. Zero free throw attempts in the first half of that game. That tells you uh, a, a lot. But once they turned it on, that they ended up winning that law or that win 
was worse looking than their loss to Kentucky, yeah. uh, in my opinion, which is weird to say, but th- that's kind of how it is. You can say that word on this podcast, but you have to say it like the American Dream Dusty Rose. You have to say E-S. E-S? Okay. E-S. Like, it's, like it's an E on the front of it. Yeah. Okay. So, so like how A&M fans, instead of saying, oh, like every other fan base in the entire world, they go, uh. Yeah. 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 Okay. You're, on, you're on the right page. You got to mess with your vowels a little bit. Um, this game in Oxford a few weeks ago, I made the comment when I interviewed Richard. I said, there's always this Ole Miss player in this game. That has a ridiculous game that that like comes out of nowhere. Blake Henson was that guy a few years ago. Brian Tyree, who's a good player, but when he played Mississippi State, he was good for forty. It felt like every time they played each other. In this game, it was T.J. Caldwell, a guy who's averaging you know six seven points a game. He has eighteen on six of eight shooting, including four or five from three in twenty seven minutes. You know, without that contribution, Ole Miss doesn't win this basketball game. Can he be countered on again, or is there another player that we should keep an eye on beyond your Morrell and Murray that could step up and have a huge game for the Rebels? So I think it's got to be Flanagan, which is weird because he doesn't have the best offensive game, but Ole Miss is at their best as an offensive basketball team when he's attacking the basket. If Mississippi State is able to, because other teams have done this, whether it's a choice on his part or defensive looks have forced this, um, when they get Flanagan into like an isolation where he's having to, to handle the basketball uh, in a one-on-one situation and beat a guy off the dribble with handles or settle for long-distance jump shots, that's how you beat Ole Miss. But if Flanagan plays that aggressive downhill style of basketball where he's more athletic than most people that are guarding him, he's a really good athlete, just not the most skilled basketball player in the world, but he's really athletic. And when they get him going downhill at the basket, he's a really good free throw shooter and he's been a really good finisher, but that also collapses defenses where he can kick it out to Morrell and Murray and they can make open shots. So Ole Miss is going to need a really good night from Flanagan in the right way. Sometimes he forces bad looks and forces distant jump shots. And sometimes the ball sticks with him offensively. But when he does what he did in the second half against South Carolina, for example, where he decided, okay, My team's getting their rear ends whooped. I'm just going to attack the basket, get fouled, make free throws, and do it over again. And that really changed their offense. So Flanagan has got to be uh, uh, an inside scoring threat because neither big gives them that. And so if if Mississippi State's doing a a really good job limiting Morrell's shots or Murray has had a a few bad shooting games uh, recently, if he's a little off, you're not going to get easy buckets from either big man. They just do not have offensive games. They, they don't, neither one of them. So it's going to have to be Flanagan that gets them looks at the rim, gets to the foul line, collapses the defense to, to help their shooters. I think he's the X factor tomorrow. The, Ole Miss has not been a good road team this year. They had that great win at Texas A&M, and that's, that's one of their better wins this season. But by and large, this has not been a team that's been good on the road. Excellent at home. Not good on the road. You know how how big is the home environment going to be for state tomorrow? Uh, it, it might be the difference uh, in winning and losing. Uh, I mean, if especially for whatever reason, Ole Miss just can't shoot in in arenas that are not the Pavilion. I made the joke on the show, but I, I'm almost halfway serious when I say Chris Beard should invest in some kind of hypnotist to make the arenas look like the Pavilion. You know, if they can find a way to get the hump to look like the pavilion, maybe they'll shoot really well. Because, like in Lexington, for example, Ole Miss has been a bad rebounding team. They rebounded well uh, against Kentucky. They did not get beat on the boards. They had a lot of offensive rebounds uh, against Kentucky. They've been bad defensively. They held 
one of the country's best offenses to pretty poor shooting splits. They just didn't make any shots. So, I mean, it, especially if you see it early, if Ole Miss is missing some shots early and, and Mississippi State gets the crowd into it, you know, you get like an, an early alley-oop or something. It, it seems like Ole Miss's confidence on the road is really fragile. And, I mean, it happened in Lexington. It happened in Auburn. It happened in Baton Rouge. If their opponent gets a little early momentum and they miss a couple of shots, it's almost like the game already ends. And so it's huge for State to to have that crowd to 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 create that same effect. But man, if if Mississippi State makes a couple of early shots and early buckets and and gets out to a uh, even a small lead early, that um, that that might just do it. They seem fragile on the road. If that's a good descriptor. State, you know, I mentioned Caldwell in the game he had. State had a guy like that, too, in this game a few weeks ago. It was Deshaun Davis, came out of nowhere for 15 points. Is State going to be able to win if it's just Hubbard and Tolu and maybe one other guy, or do they need that fourth guy kind of the same way Ole Miss had in this game and State had in this game? That's why these two teams who really, they don't normally score like this, but 86-82 is the final. I don't know if that's going to be the, the, the final this week. I think it could be a lower-scoring game mm-hmm. here in Starkville, but... It felt like both teams were just trading shots there for a while. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're going to need somebody else because despite their offensive limitations, Cisse uh, and, and Sharp, although Sharp's been getting played off the floor uh, a little bit lately, teams have been able to, to draw him away from the basket, and he just can't defend away from the basket. Now, he alters every single shot if he's in good position down low, but teams have been able to draw him out, and, and that's a real problem for Ole Miss. But, but Cisse and Sharp can provide a, a lot of rim protection and, and make it a little bit more difficult for, for Tolu to operate. And and Morell and Flanagan both have been really good defenders. And so if, if Ole Miss is able to keep them on Hubbard, um, not, not that he can't score because he's a great scorer, but uh, those guys are able to at least make it more difficult. So if State has a third, just even a third scorer uh, to, to help alleviate that, then they have a really good chance to win. But if it's down to just those two guys, Ole Miss has a chance because of the size they have down low, and because of how good perimeter defenders and big and physical Morell and Flanagan are. Yeah, Tolu didn't have a great game in Oxford a few weeks ago. He didn't have a great game Saturday uh, against Arkansas. That means one of two things. Either he's got a problem or he's due for a big game. And if that's the case, it's going to be really good uh, news for Mississippi State. We'll see what happens. We'll talk a lot about this uh, all day, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, on Sports Talk Mississippi. Michael Borky, the, the, the engine behind Sports Talk Mississippi. Thanks for joining me. Anytime, man. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.